told this guy where I was from. He said, oh, Canada. Kind of laughs it off. He said, oh, Canada, kind of laughed it off a bit. I wonder who that guy was. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. If you would like to advertise on this podcast that we like to call the High Button Podcast, please email thehighbutton at gmail.com. We can send you all the information you need to know in regards to the advertising side of this podcast. We'd love to be able to promote your business in any way uh, that you'd like us to on this uh, platform here. So once again, thehighbutton at gmail.com. And happy Canada Day to all you beautiful Canadians out there, especially you ones that listen to this podcast. I hope that you uh, you enjoy this beautiful Friday uh, and spend it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, same thing. And I hope you crack a Canadian brew uh, and you maybe you smoke a little something on the back deck, whatever you like to do, and have some fun uh, and have some fun this weekend with uh, with the people that you love to spend the most time with. All right, so enjoy Canada Day. Uh, today on the High Button Podcast, we have a very highly anticipated guest. Believe it or not, there's been a lot of people in the hockey community here in Nova Scotia that have recommended Donald McLean to come on this podcast. Donald McLean, I got a we saw basically in the tweet I said coming from Sydney, Nova Scotia, but I had a couple people mention that he was from Bedford, Nova Scotia. So I'll clarify that when he comes on the podcast here. Uh, but Donald was drafted in the 1995 NHL entry draft by the Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Kings, West Coast, East Coast boy going West Coast to start out his pro career. Uh, I love that. He also played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He played for Laval, he played for Hall, and he also played for a team called the Beauport Harfangs. I'm not really sure where uh, Beaufort uh, is or what a Harfang is, but I want to talk to Donald about that and Get to a little, get to know a little bit more about that team. Um, actually, played for the Toronto Maple Leafs as well, Columbus Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, and Phoenix Coyotes. When he was in the AHL, bouncing from the NHL to the AHL, he was on the first team All Star. What? Not the first team All Star. The first All Star team in 2005, 2006. After his pro career in North America, went over to Europe, and you, you know these teams over in Europe. I'm not gonna, you know. The teams in Europe are very hard to pronounce. I'm not going to go ahead and pronounce them, but just look at the hockey DB of Donald McLean, and you'll see some of these teams over in Europe. So without further ado, this is Donald McLean on the High Button Podcast. I'm Justin. Here we go. You know what comes next. Donald, we are going. Thank you very much for joining the High Button Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good, and thank you for the call. I'm glad to be here. How was hockey today? You just got back from the rink. Uh, it was good. It was good. It's 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 different from being when I was a kid. Sedma tournament, I think it was end of March, early April. That was the last tournament. Put the gear away, grab the ball glove, and away you go. But now it's 12 months a year. You do it for health now? Well, I, my son. Your I, son, I, okay. Not, yeah, we, yeah we, there's a group of us for... Uh, 08s and 09s are getting ready for the new uh, Bedford Bandit team, major Bandit team getting ready. That's yeah. ID camp is July 22nd, so guys just want to stay on the ice. That's awesome. Oh, uh, Midge is involved in that, correct? Uh, Jim Midgley? From what I gather, when I saw the press, he's uh, a hockey advisor. And then there's, uh, I can't remember his first name, Malloy, that's going to be the skills guy. Yeah. And then there's uh, Paul Hunt will be the head coach. And there's two other guys, I believe, that are assistant coaches. Keeping you busy. I love it. Yeah, it was, yeah. So I posted this morning that you're from Sydney, and I got a bunch of backlash. Whoa, 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 he's not from Sydney. Bed Bedford's claiming you. And then I had a couple pe people reach out like, no, 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 he's from Halifax. So we'll set the record straight for everyone. Well, well I'll, up front, the only, my, only thing, my only attachment to Halifax would be uh, the Halifax McDonald's for two years. You played for the Max? I played for the Max, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, right here, me as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 What years? Uh, 2000, so I graduated 2010 from high school. So 2009, 2010. Oh, that'd be probably Kirk Tomlinson was my coach. Oh, was he? Yeah, because yeah. I went after him. my father was a president for years. Who's your father? Bill McLean. I he would have been so much. He must be. He must have been gone. Yeah, I don't think we know. Bill wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Because my my I have two older brothers. The middle one, he played goal there before I was there with Rusty James. Yeah, well, that would have been 
no, 93, so that would have been early 90s. Okay. But all my minor hockey was Bedford. Yeah. But I was born. I was born in St. Rita's in uh, in Sydney, Cape Breton. Yeah. And then my father was RCMP, and he was transferred. I was about a year and a half old, and that's when we moved to Bedford. And he still lives in the same house today. Growing up in Bedford, was it tough to get ice time at that Lions rink? Because it was only the one rink in Bedford yeah. back then, yeah, was the, it? Yeah. The Brun. That's what I mean. The lot. The Lions. LeBron. Yeah. With the Lions, dens there. Um, no. It was Bedford, well, like you look at Bedford now. West Bedford didn't exist. All those houses and apartments along the Bedford Highway didn't exist. Like it, Bedford is what it was when I grew up. Today is, it's a whole different place. Okay. Um, but we had one rank, and the and the funny part was we got to know the uh, the the rank staff well enough that you know if no one was on the ice, they let us go on. Like I remember the LeBron had fencing instead of plexiglass. It had a John Deere tractor. With the old school, I don't even want you to call it. Just a cloth. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, it was like, literally, it was, a, it was a John Deere painted yellow, I believe. And it was old school. And then to go through, like, uh, now I play uh, beer league with my brother and some old ex-CPA guys. And we, we play there Saturday nights. And it's, I love it there. It's like my church. It's a great like, that, rink. That's, that's, I love it. I didn't realize how small it was. But I, it's, 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 I love the place. Do you ever get stuck in the winter going up the hill? I no, I think that was Sidney Crosby, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he did get stuck. Yeah, he did. No, I I, I actually live spinning distance to that place, but we've we've never been stuck going up there because we can meander around a different way. Okay. Yeah. So when you went to the Quebec PV tournament, was it with Bedford or with Halifax? No. no so no. so Halifax was only the max, correct? correct? Yeah. So Bedford, we, I can't remember when Bedford started going, but back then, like back then, we didn't have AAA, AA, single A. It was A, B, C. So the PBA team in Bedford would go every year. And then when I went through, uh, we went two years in a row. Did you go as the Mooseheads? Nope. Back then, oh God, Mooseheads, my, Mooseheads first year was my first year of junior, which had been 94, 95. So that, they didn't exist when I went. Where's Belt Beaufort? Beauport. Beauport. Where is Beauport, that? Beauport, Beauport Harfangs, which is now the Quebec Ramparts, is pretty much, Makes sense. yeah, pretty much would be, uh, Bedford Halifax. Like so, Quebec Ramparts, they're they're downtown Quebec City. Beauport is a sub- is a suburb of uh of uh, Quebec City. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where I played my first year junior in their rink. And I just remember because that's you know, I went there speaking English and it was pure French. And uh, seventeen hundred and thirty six people was filled to the brim. That was the rink. Centre Marcel Bedard. I love Oh, it, it wasn't Pepsi. It was- no, no, this was like it was probably a little bit bigger than LeBron. But it was unbelievable. I thought it was like I, I thought I hit. I thought I went from pro. Like I went from room one at LeBron, and then the next two years, the next two years, the Max had that. I don't know if you know the forum where they had that. The Max used to have that room down in the back. You go down a few stairs. Yeah, where Dow's room is now, kind of. I, I know. I don't know where Dow's, but it was. I remember it was. It's underneath. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and uh, so that then I played two years Max, and then I went to Bowport. I thought it was unbelievable. You had the rink, and then you literally had the dressing room next to it. It almost like a pro dress in a weight room, all the carpeting, you had all the tape, everything. But then to get to the rink, you literally had to go downstairs, go underground, and come back upstairs into the rink. I thought it was like, this is, this is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I thought it was. So when you were at the Quebec Pee Wee tournament, did you play in that same rink? No, no. In the Quebec te- Quebec tournament would have been the old Coliseum, the Pepsi Coliseum. Well, no, this is old. This is this is where the Nord- Nordiques played. Yeah, that was it. I thought they called it the Pepsi. Oh, it might have been called the Pepsi. Yeah, I the, one, the, the, yeah the, the old, old one. Though. The old one. Yeah, the yeah. one they play in now is the new one. Correct. I didn't know what it was called. I just called the Coliseum back then. Yeah, it's called the the because I remember I pulled up and it just had a big thing of Pepsi and like, why does it say Pepsi? It's the Pepsi Coliseum, but yeah. that's the one. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I know we it was unbelievable. Those are they can, back then. They can, it's unfortunate because my son just played Pee Wee AAA in Bedford for two years and due to COVID, they, they weren't they able to go. So it was like two back because it was such a great experience when I look back on it. But it was different back then too. Uh, we didn't stay in the hotel back then. Two players would bill it with a fan, local family. And it was it was pretty cool. The first time, was that your first time ever billeting? I'm assuming it was. Oh, no, no. Like back then, like even playing Adam and, and Pee Wee and stuff, like we go to PEI or different tournaments. We, we Not all the time, but it, it happened oh, enough yeah. where we got used to Even a major midget when we went to uh, the TELUS Cup or last year, or actually back then it was called the Air Canada Cup. Um, Derek Pike and I were room, and we, we billeted. What? Yeah. We didn't stay in a hotel with the team. Like that's, that was... But nowadays, liability, you can't do that nowadays. It is <laughs> it's, true. It's like, yeah, no, no parent's going to send their kid with a stranger for a week. 
I only did it once, and it was at the Quebec PB tournament, and my, the people I billeted with owned a McDonald's. Oh, nice. We went to the McDonald's almost at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was the best experience of my life. <laughs> I, I sit here in front of you as a 30-year-old man, and that Quebec PB tournament was to this day, not to this day, but arguably one of the best weeks of my life. I'm signing autographs as a kid. I'm mm-hmm. eating McDonald's every day. I'm playing in front of, you know, 5,000 people. Oh, it was crazy. Oh, yeah, I know. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it, 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 is, it was an experience. It was. Like, it, like, I remember just the crowd in the rank. You're trading pins. You're, yes, the pins. You're trying to meet some girls. You kind of not, <laughs> but you're there. And you're ski. Like, it, it's, a, it's an experience. We should shut up if your son's listening. I don't, <laughs> want, him to, I don't want him to get jealous here. But, no, that's great. So coming from the East Coast and then going to Quebec, I always talk to guys that are trailblazers, I guess you could say, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Because like you just said, there's not a lot of guys that are from here that go and play in the queue back then. Back then. It was back then. I was the last year where you could, you could, uh, you could pick at all three leagues. So why Be- did you choose? Well, I was, I, I was, when I was 15, 15, 16, uh, Camloose players reached out. That was, I'll be up front. It was just too far for me to go with 16. It was just hindsight. They had, they won a few cups, but going East coast to West coast, that was just a bit, I wasn't ready for that mentally. And then the, O, it was just a coin toss. You were already, dra- I was already drafted by Beauport at that point. They'd reached out. I've gone for a visit. So it was a little bit of familiarity and. Well, maybe, maybe probably in the end it was just a little bit closer, but it was so I, I ended up choosing that way. But I could have opted into the OHL draft and, mm. and gone wherever. Did you fit in right away with the Quebec culture, or was it tough as the English kid? It was uh, well, Beauport they ended up taking uh, I don't know if it was for my purposes or just they just recognized it was French, it was done in French, and they made sure they had a few English guys like Brad Hartland was, was there, Derek Walser. And there's another guy from Montreal, Nick Spicucci. There's four of us that were English. Mm-hmm. So we kind of banded together. We lived together near in the same area for billets. But it was it was hard. I won't lie to you. It was hard, but I am glad I went through it. It was it was very – like back then, there's no Google Translate. It was a French-English dictionary. The family I live with didn't speak a word of English. The French you learn in school is not the same as dressing room. <laughs> but was. I'd say within three <laughs> – pretty much <laughs> – but I would say within three or four months, like everything, you, you figure shit out. And I was probably bilingual within a couple months. No. Yeah. It was, it was pretty nuts. Like, I was actually thinking in French at one point. Wow. And I could, I could get along in French, but then once you turn pro, it's all done in English. And then yeah. over time, I just, I just I've kind of lost it. But it was, it was hard. It really was. Like, there was times I wanted to walk away and say, fuck it. But yeah. I'm glad I stuck it out and ended up in the hall my last year winning the World Cup. So... You jumped the gun. I was going to... Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> um, well, let's go. Should we even bring up Laval? You were there for... I was there. You... I was there. Um, so I played the full of my first full year in Beauport. It said two years on Hockey It TV. did. I, a full, full year, but there's some shit that went on. And anyways, I played one game and I got traded. Okay. And then I went to Laval, which was finally... I got thrust into a really bad team. But I got thrust into an opportunity to play a lot, and I and I and I succeeded. I scored a lot of goals, and then mid mid December, I can't remember the exact date. I wasn't liking it there, but my I was having a good season. Team was terrible. I wanted to play for the Mooseheads. What I wanted to do, I wanted to play in the Metro Center back then. I thought that was like the Cadillac. So that would have been their third year in the league. That would have been their second second year second year because my first year would have been their first year. So they, they had a big buzz that second. Oh, like, huge. huge buzz. Well, yeah. we in Bullport, my first year, we beat them in the quarters or the semis. I can't remember. And they had a good team. Like Jiguer was there, Cassivi was there. They had an extra twenty year old. Like they had a Etienne Drapeau played well. Like they they took us to seven, I think it was, and we were ranked in the top ten of the country. We had a good team. Was Paul Mason on the team with you in, in Hull? Who? Paul Mason? No. No? No. Luke, uh, Luke Robitaille? No. When, Gretzky owned that team, didn't he, for a uh, bit? When I got through, but that was before me, when I went through, he might have been part owner when I went through, but Charlie Henry really ran ran the show in, in okay. Hull. Um, My dad played for Hull. Oh, did he? Yeah, played with uh, Robitaille. Stopped a 2-1-1 against Lemieux when Lemieux played for Laval. Oh, wow. Hall, that's his, oh, that's that's, his, that's, that's, that's his. That, he's, in, he's in the... Yeah, was would Bossy been in the league around there? Is that is no, that no? He wasn't there. No, that would have been intense. My dad had his retirement speech the other day, and he brought it up. <laughs> like yeah. he like that had nothing to do with his career. He's a diver, but yeah. he brought. He had to make. He had a crowd. He's like, oh, I stopped the two on one Lemieux. <laughs> Still See, Lemieux was my guy. I like. I grew up watching Lemieux. Pittsburgh was my team. Yeah, and then I just what he what he did with the puck was just 
I know Gretzky has the accolades and, and all in the in the records, but yeah. Lemieux was yeah. he was something special. So the Mem Cup just happened. Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible, and you won the Mem Cup. Yeah. Talk about what some of those kids are experiencing right now as you went to go see that tournament and experienced it and went with it. Well, we 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 same but different. We hosted it in the hall. Oh, so you hosted it. Cool. We hosted as well. Um, it's a process. Uh, when you know you're hosting it, it's 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 like there were a couple of years ago. There was a group that came down and did some interviews, and they went through the whole season. They interviewed myself, Christian Bronsard, Claude Julien, and our captain Steve Lowe, and they kind of chronicled the whole process throughout the year in the finals. And one of my analogies was it's like having your Christmas present in front of you, but you're not allowed to open it for eight months. Having your Christmas present in front of you? Okay, I get that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, yeah. you know you're going to be at the cup. You know no matter what happens, you're going to be there. And really, you're playing the whole season to get there, but you, you have, there's a process. It's a weird feeling, I bet. Yeah, oh, it was. It's like, what am I working for if I know I'm already going to the show type thing? Yeah. I don't know. So it was. Well, we And we had, a, like, Charlie Han, they built a team. Like, they made some trades building up to it, and we had, yeah. well, we walked through the front door. We won the President's Trophy. We... Chikudami was the Quebec representative, and we beat them. We were sixteen to zero against them. So you were hosting the Memorial Cup, and you won the president president's you trophy. Won. We, won, we I think we went four and zero every playoff round. I'd have to check the records. Maybe we lost the odd game or two, but we walked right to the front door, and then and then uh, and then uh, we. I, I'd like. I'd have to Google it, but I'm pretty certain our team is on the wrong end of the largest comeback in Memorial Cup history. What was the comeback? Uh, so that year would have been Chris Phillips with Leftbridge. He was the big he was the big draft pick that year, number one. And game one we played against the Oshawa Generals eight nothing. Game two against Shakutami, I think it was eight four. And then we're playing Leftbridge and we're up six one going into the third period. Lost seven six in overtime. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just way too confident, too caught. Too... I don't know, like they... that's whoa. Say this so you were down we're up six one, up, up six one, yeah. and lost seven, seven six, six in OT. Now you want to talk, but like when I when we like when you literally go through it, and I can remember it specifically because there's certain things in life you just yeah don't forget. You're up six one, starting the third period. You know you're confident. And you figure out, oh, you know what, they'll make a push, 6-4 maybe, 7-5, something like that. And I, yeah, like it was just one, two, three goals happen. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay, boys, sharpen up. And it was just like it was already pre-written in history. Wow. No matter how hard, no matter what we did, it just wasn't right. Just and couldn't get the flow going. Just couldn't get the flow going. And all of a sudden, 6-6 six, six regulation, and then boom. I can't remember how long it took in overtime to score, but then boom. It was – it was – it. In the end, it was the best thing for us. Because if we would have steamrolled them 8-2, probably go, because we ended up playing them in the finals again. Yeah. And we beat them 5-2 in the finals. And uh, scored two goals, game winner. I always say that about the World Juniors. (laughs) Like, whenever Canada loses in the World Juniors, I'm pumped. Like, thank God they lost. Because they can't just win every game. And two, they can't be too confident. you got to lose a little bit to win. It does. And it it really did. It shook us. It shook us. Like, we were, as a group, stayed away from our billets in a hotel. They did a great job. But it was... We had some serious team meetings, and it was kind of like we were shocked. We were shell-shocked. But it, it, I think it was good when it came down to game day for the finals. We were like, okay, we, we have to respect these guys. We got we to gotta give them everything, and it worked out. Do you still have your ring? Oh, yeah. Where should've, it? Actually, should have brought it. I didn't, I, know, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I, it would have made because yesterday. I don't know. I know. I get this right. It's great for the Sea Dogs. It's great for them. Yeah, there's great a lot. The Sorry, keep going. No, no, go ahead. There's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say controversy. There's a lot of conversations going on on Twitter right now. How people from Ontario are upset that the Sea Dogs won, where they lost in the first round, and then you know they're hosting and now they won. They don't think it's fair. So there's a lot of like. Now, con- now, now correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and then I'm and like I said, I'm not saying this, but if I look back, didn't the Windsor Spitfires do the same thing a few with, years back with uh, when Hall was there? No, no, no. This would have been a few years ago. I think Rocky Thompson was the head coach. I believe they lost. They were hosting. It's only been a few years ago, I believe. And I think they uh, they lost out in the round. Or t- yeah, yeah. It's still a tournament. I get it all. I get where teams are a little chapped when they don't earn quote unquote earn their right to get there, but that's the way. It is. Yeah. You know, sometimes a team can regroup and get their shit together. And I apparently 
fire a coach and hire a new guy to get it going, which <sighs> unbelievable. I can't believe. <sighs> is he going back to UNB, McDo? Uh, he, I want. Is, I was wondering, would he be the shortest tenured coach ever at Major Junior to win a Memorial Cup? Just takes a, just takes a week <laughs> off his UNB job to win a Mem Cup. Are you and kidding then, me? And then go right back to UNB. Um, when you won uh, the Mem Cup, I'm assuming that there's already talks of getting drafted. Pro talks are in your ear. The draft. Oh, that boy, at that point, I already would have drafted. My first, so you're already my drafted. first year would have been '95 in June, '94, '95. So that year, my after my first year junior, I was drafted the Kings. Wow. Where was yeah. the draft that year? Edmonton. Did you go up for it? And funny story, yeah, I did. Because I was, I was potentially first. It was in 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 and around that mix. I ended up being thirty third. But it was funny. It was uh, remember the song Chad, uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, when uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Exactly, on, exactly. Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So I lie. I lie. Not that song. The oh. Macarena. Oh yeah, do the Macarena. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't sing I know. it. But but that just came. out was funny. We were at the at the at the. Uh, at the draft, and then afterwards, the night after, everybody's out having a few wobbly pops and celebrating, and that song was huge at that time. And it's, <laughs> they're I, doing the dance. It's a well, dance. The, well, the, 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 well, the funny part is, is that I'm at the bar, and it's like someone didn't give me the memo. I'm standing there doing whatever. Everybody in the bar is doing the dance. I'm like, I'm like looking around, going like, Are you wearing your jersey? <laughs> no, no, I didn't, no, no, no. But it's like, how does everybody know? Not me. <laughs> Out in Edmonton, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I guess it is a famous dance back then. It, it, well, yeah. this is what we're ninety five. Geez, we're going back. That's a few years back. Was Gretzky with the Ed, with the Oilers in ninety five? No, he would have been with LA. When I got drafted, he, he was with LA because my first training my first training camp or two, he was there. Wow. Yeah. Give me something. I got a couple stories actually. Let's go. Let's go. My first, my, well, my first one. My first one. It was. Uh, I think it was 17 or 18. I my first camp, and they had uh, they always have like a barbecue or a dinner with everybody, like at the, with all the players, the staff, the own everybody. Wicked. And uh, it was pretty casual. And he was, I'm sitting at a table. There are some young guys. There's a mix of people there, but the seats are empty next to me. And I shit you not, Janet sits on one side. Wayne sits on the other side. And the unbelievable part is, he's like, I hear you from Halifax. Yeah, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and he's then he then he goes on. He's like, "Yes, we talked for a couple minutes." He's yeah, I've been to. I got a funny story. I was down in Halifax playing one time, and I'm at the bar, and this girl's like, "Hey, do you want to go to my apartment?" He's like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" <laughs> and then we end up at a bar, and he's like, "Where are we?" She's like, "This is my apartment." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Just sits on the side. Of you. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, literally, I get a, I'm half full of burger in my mouth, and it's Gretzky sitting next to me, and I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. like are you, is this is God next to me. Like, what, exactly. what, what are you, like, what, am I, so, you want me to leave? What, are you, what am I doing here? Yeah, so, I could, that's awesome. Oh, it was unbelievable. And then, because uh, the first, my first couple of years when I go to training camp, they always break it up into uh, inner squad. And Marty McSorley was always, I was always paired with Marty McSorley for a couple of years, and he was unbelievable. So nice to the young guys. He was, he was really good. But uh, moving it forward, uh, I got called up to play for Phoenix Coyotes when Gretzky was there. He was the head coach of Phoenix when I got called up for a few games. Full circle. So this is another funny one. So I had I, won the scoring race in the American League a few years before that, and I was, I was doing well. Get called up. My first game in Phoenix, I'm halfway in my gear, and the assistant coach comes up and says, yeah, Coach wants to talk to you. And I said, Okay. So I walk in with half my gear, and I walk into the coach's room. And the funny, the funny part was my very first year in the NHL when I went when I was twenty. Uh, I made LA right at a training camp, yeah. and at the Great Western Forums before the Staples Center, and Larry Robinson was the head coach. And there, his office, like I shit you not, it was like a water closet. Like it was literally like a desk and some papers. Yeah, I heard, and it was tiny. Yeah, I heard the Lakers like shoved every the every other organization that played in there. Just kind of everyone got like the secondhand treatment because the Lakers were just everything. In well, that yeah, the, the rooms were attached. Like, I remember, I'm like quick funny. Like I remember going through the the Lakers dressing room and Shaquille O'Neal's and his and his sneakers were like I could literally fit both my feet inside. It was crazy, unbelievable. Like like you could water ski with them. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I so the assistant coach pulls me in. He says, "Coach wants to talk to you." So I'm sitting down from Gretzky, half in my gear. And it's like it's a presidential suite, like mahogany table, books in the back. Like I mean, it's legit. Like this is this isn't a hockey coach's room. And so you have Wayne Gretzky, and he says to you, 
So I hear you can score. Like, what do you say to the great, like the greatest scorer ever? Like, how do you come back to that? <laughs> what do you say? I said, I do okay. Like, oh, you can't come back and be too arrogant. Yeah, I'm you're great. Ta- I'm unbelievable. You're, ta- you're talking to the best scorer ever in history. So I said, I do okay. And he's like, you score, you stay. See you later. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was it. So Just I was, bottom I was, line. So I was playing with Comrie and Owen Nolan that night, and I, I had a goal and assist and a third star. So I, I stayed up for a month, but it was it was it was an experience. And then when I got sent down, I was like on the way out the door. I was like, uh, "Can you autograph my stick?" <laughs> I, get sent down to America <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, "This is my only opportunity, maybe." Do you still have the stick, or do you? Sell oh, it? I still I got. I still got. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I what no, stick? It would have been my personal stick. Like I, 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 I got to sign one of my sticks. But I, I went through. <clears throat> I, as I got a little bit older, I got as. As years started to go by, I started to be more conscious of stuff like that, and I, I, I'd grab. I didn't have a problem asking different guys like for a jersey or for a stick or stuff. So I've got a not a ton of them, but I have a few that I, over the years that I collect. I got a Curtis Joseph stick because I played with him on three different teams. Smart man, that's pretty. <laughs> you know, sick. Mike Badano, Matt Sundin, uh, Gary Galley, uh, just different things signed. So it's just I got a little few things. The NHL playoffs just ended. You had three NHL playoff games with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can you talk about those games and how intense the the games were? They were. It was, uh, and that would have been the last time they went to the semifinals when I was there. Yeah, Who, against they, Philly. No, they lost against Carolina. Carolina. I think Carolina won because I would have been there. I only got called up for a bit. Um, that was when uh, Gary Roberts, Alan McCauley, and somebody else, they had a good run. They shortened the bench down, and, and I got in for game seven against the Islanders, game uh, game seven against the Islanders, again, game seven against the Senators, and I think it was game one against Carolina. Game seven against the Islanders in New York at the Coliseum or yeah, at the Air Canada? Air, I think it was at the Air Canada. I think I got flew in because I did – I think it was game seven at the Air Canada Center because I, I was there for game six there, and it was nuts. Like the like the Islanders, like they're that rink and the crowd. Coliseum and nuts. nuts. Yeah. Like it's a whole different crowd. Yeah. Toronto's they're loud, but it's more corporate. Yeah. You know, but I got because Darcy Tucker at that point wasn't was wasn't sure. So they called me up and I flew in just as game time. And funny story, again, I was flying in like I so I was in St. John's where the farm team was. Now it's in Toronto, but in Saint, it was in St. John's when I was there. I'm sure you have some stories from St. John's, by the way. Oh god, that's, that's we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> that might be after hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I I flew out of St. John's to Toronto, but I, f- I missed the connector just because of the time. It just it was just too fast, and uh, so I caught a ride with the owner. So I'm flying down with the owner and it's his family in the private jet. Oh, and then we get limo to the rink, and then. Ken Dryden was the president back then. He's calling, say, hey, is he on his way? He's on his way. And I'm just joking around with the owner. I said, hey, uh, you got any pull around here? You get me in tonight's game? <laughs> yeah, <they laughs> said, Can you help fell out? <laughs> That's awesome. And he's like, I don't do hockey ops. I don't do hockey ops. Come on. <laughs> I, don't, just, I was like, just this one time. I just pay you. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. That's sick. Living the fast life. I love it. Yeah, no, it was, it was, listen, it was I, up and down with the American League and all over North North America and Europe, it's yeah. it was a ride. Did you have a family during your whole pro side? Did you I, have the kids? Uh, I, uh, I I married my junior high slash high school sweetheart. Uh, I think we, I think it was my fifth. I would have been twenty five. I think it was oh. when we started date when we started dating. But within I think eighteen months or twelve months, we were engaged and then married shortly after. So, so pretty much from twenty five on, yeah, we were. I had a wife, and then, uh, and then, uh, was she down for the? Like, she the traveled lifestyle? out. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was hard because, like, I I was around. Like, yeah. if you look at my at my uh, hockey DB or whatever, I've, I I traveled. Yeah, I didn't unpack my suitcase. But she probably knew that going into it. You know, it's yeah. No, we we have some great fond memories, and like I say, it wasn't all peaches and cream, but that's life. Yeah. And we've, I've got, we've got, I should say, a lot of experiences. And then um, after a few years, we had, I had this, we had our son who's now 13, and then a few years later, our daughter who's now 10. My son was born in Sweden when I was when I was playing there, and then my daughter was just in the off season, so she's in Halifax. So it's, uh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. And we got, living over Europe was. I would recommend anybody get a chance if they can live in Europe for a little bit. That was that was a ride. A lot of guys uh, that are from here that play pro hockey in Europe come on the podcast and. 
they have unique experiences with it, but like you just said, no regrets. Like the fans are different. They're more like soccer fans. They say that they treat you a little bit different, but at the end of the day, it's just a cultural experience that none of them are regretting. Oh, like it, it's, 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 how do I say it? Like I just, the life and, and the culture, it's just so different. They're chill. There's things you can do over in Europe that you just can't do in North America. There's like, much more relaxed. Can you give me an example of something you can do? Over well, there? for example, like in a lot of some places, like they have their, their their transportation, like the tram and the train and stuff is is great. So we usually lived in the cities, so you you go get your tram ticket instead of taking a car. You go to the kiosk and you get a beer too, and you could excuse me, you could have a beer on the on the train or whatever, or sitting downtown somewhere and you have a beer. Or, you know the, the the traditions. Yeah. I was in Croatia for five years. I'll grab and every year they had the wine festival, and it was just, oh, it was just. Croatia? Yeah, I was in Zagreb for five years. Coach a Croatian national team for three. What? Yeah, the highest ever finish. Dude, I got to do more research. I'm just looking at your. Unbelievable. I'm just looking at your elite prospects. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like. <laughs> Dude, I was in Croatia once on a beach and didn't move. I didn't know they play hockey there. Yeah, right in Zagreb, they have a, they had an Austrian league team there. I love Croatia. Oh, it's great. I, it's, well, it's. It, it was the first time in my life where I got to experience things that were non-commercialized. There wasn't a mall every time you turn your head. There wasn't a billboard. It was just mom and pop pizza shops. That's what I experienced. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it, it's it's really good to experience. They they get a it's 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 relatively inexpensive compared to the big touristy cities in Europe. Um, it's it's I went to Split. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 Split. Yeah, they, they could along the coast there. Yeah, it's we were in we were there for five years. We traveled all around, and it had its moments. But I I enjoyed I. Had, Fond memories of it. Did you know when you were a player that you could translate into a coach? Uh, as as time wore on, and I, you know, we all—I wouldn't say regrets. We all look back. We do some things differently. I probably would have done a little more education as time went by. So when the hockey was over, yeah, uh, a little more prepared for the afterlife. Yeah. But as time went along, I I knew I'd want to get into coaching, and then. Uh, my last year when I was in, because my last year with playing was in Zagreb, in Croatia. And then uh, they asked me to go behind the bench as assistant coach. And that's kind of, I was like, I didn't really want to, but yet I was like, I was tired of playing, tired of this. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll take this chance right now. And then I ended up coaching two years assistant in the Austrian league. And then one year as assistant when they switched over to the KHL in the Russian league. Mm. And then after that, I flipped over in the Hungarian league as a head coach, and then my last year assistant coach of the Sioux Greyhounds. And then after that, I was like, I need to, I need a change. Yeah, yeah. We we ju we jumped so quick to the coaching side. I'm still not done with the the playing side a little bit. The mm -hmm. in 2006, you tore up the AHL, and they gave you a thing called an MVP award. Talk about a run. Talk about what what, what happened in 2006. Can I tell you a funny story? Go for Can it. Can I tell you a funny story? You're you're three for three so far. Okay. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get a great story. Anyway, so that year, uh, so I once it took two or three years for me to find my groove professionally. Like when I LA didn't do a great job back then with their their prospects. Uh, they didn't have a farm team. They shared all the time. Didn't really. They were more of a free agency team. They didn't really really dive into the prospects and spend the money yeah there's some summer camps and shit but they really like my first year my in my first three years they split with montreal they split with phoenix and they split with the islanders and none of those coaches were la coaches um but uh two and a half midway through my third year i was traded from la's organization to toronto and al mcadam I'm kind of backtracking. No, go, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al McAdam was the coach who's from PEI. Yeah, he was a coach of St. John's at that time. And I was, f for a couple of years, I was kind of flailing. I was doing okay. I was big. Some people thought I was a fighter. I didn't know what I was, fighter. And I wasn't a fighter because uh, I, I don't. But I could score, but I wasn't scoring. Long story short, LA pretty much shipped me out to go to forever. Yeah. And Al, I ended up playing for Al McAdam. And Dave Cameron there in St. John's, and he and Al just turned my career around. They actually treated me like a human being and not a piece of meat, and all of a sudden it just changed my confidence, changed my outlook, and then boom, it just went from then I from then on I was a point of game player in the American League. And then fast forward to uh, 
that makes me mad, and it also is awesome. Like, just yeah. like you just, someone just treats someone like a human in pro hockey, and look what happens. Because yeah. I've heard that story one too many times, yeah. and it's almost infuriating. But keep going. I, 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 I'm assuming. I'm assuming nowadays it's more common. Nah, I don't be, know. You'd be surprised. You'd be but surprised. But you're, 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 you're a piece of me. You are a piece of me. What have you done for me today? Um, so anyways, then fast forward, like say the MVP season. So I, I was doing well for a few years. Um, and then I was flirting with going Russia at that point was offering big money, but I was still, still the dream. I still the dream. And that's a fucked up thing to be chasing sometimes. Cause they, they toy with that dream. They toy with that dream. And so I was going back and forth. I started that year. Greg Allen was a coach in, in, uh, in Grand Rapids. I get there. I'm kind of one foot out the door, one in the door, because they're offering big money to go to Russia. <clears throat> Decided to stay. And I was struggling the first 10 or 15 games. I might have had a goal or assist. It was, I just couldn't find Mike. I couldn't. In 2006? Yes. Your first 15 games? You... Yeah, I think I had one goal, two assists. One wow. or two goals. wasn't much. And this builds up to the funny story where things changed. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we're going through it. And my line mates it ended up being uh, Nate DiCasmero and Matt Ellis. Matt Ellis, I believe, is still with. Uh, I think he does development stuff with the Buffalo Sabres. One of the hardest working great guys. Just not a high-end offensive guy, but you won't find a guy that could work harder than that. And that after a while, like, because you had Yuri Hudler who ended up winning the cup, Thomas Kopetsky, Valtteri Fulipula. You know, we had a, we had a star, at that point, star studded. Not didn't know it at that time, but they, they there's a few guys that did well, Kyle Quincy, John, uh, Jimmy Howard, you know, but they're all young guys. And they were doing their thing. And they're all Detroit draft picks. So I, I wasn't really, I was a free agent, yeah. older guy, so I was kind of fit in there. And anyways, through all the struggles, talking with Decaz and, and, and Matty Ellis, we finally approached Greg Ireland and said, can you put us together, you know? And then there's, we played a game in Toronto uh, with the Mar against the Marlies in Toronto, and one of my best friends lives in Toronto. So whenever I was going through Toronto or Hamilton, he would always come watch. He's, we grew up right around the corner from me. And long story short, after the game, we went out and – just got fucking lit up. Just just went out to the bar and just got twisted. <laughs> just <laughs> got twisted. <laughs> probably too probably too often. But anyways. Big city living. Anyway, so the funny part was, the really funny part was, and this is where it all changed. So we go, we go to the uh we go to the bars, whatever, and my roommate's doing whatever, and he must have been from Toronto, so I had I had a spare bed in the hotel. We got lit right up, come back to the hotel, we're flying out at I don't know, 5.30 in the morning. We're doing a commercial. We play in Manitoba. We play the Manitoba Moose the next night. Oh, you got a winter jacket on you? Oh, it's great. That place is, <laughs> but that place is good to me though. So <laughs> anyways, we get back to the hotel and I get to bed, wake up, get my shit on. And I get, oh, anyways, I, I go to leave. He sat down to take his shoes off and then he literally goes, so I woke up to get out of the room, and he's literally laying on the bed sideways still with the shoes on. <laughs> and I leave. Play that night against the Manitoba Moose, and I score a hat trick. And from that game on, I scored 53 goals in 56 games. So we, we still joke about it today. He's like, I couldn't work a fucking remote control, and you go score a hat trick in pro hockey. Whoa. Yeah, like we still joke about it. That's like like hot tub time machine stuff. Like everything just changes around you, and then boom, you're in a different like universe. It was like it, it literally, it literally. I don't know what it was, but I, I think that might have been also the first night Decaz and Matty Ellis and I were together. But it just that night we, I scored a hat trick, and it just went. Whoosh, and then I think that would have been <laughs> mid mid November. No, not that late. Early November. And then I ended up making the uh, all-star game that year. And I think I was 27 and four. I won the Cy Young. Like I, I could just score. It just, I could shoot from anywhere and a fucking puck just went, went in. It was unbelievable. It's just one of those years where the stars aligned and it was just, Whoa. Uh, the line, my line mates and I, we just, we just, we just hit it right. It was unbelievable. And then things went really well that year. And then, uh, and then yeah, then I was honored with the uh, MVP. My only frustration out of that was it was a, it was it was weird because I got called up 
at the end of the year for three games. And you work that hard for something like that. And then I was up, and then they presented it to Matty Ellis, who accepted on my behalf because I was up in Detroit for the last three games. Oh. Like, you couldn't wait till first first playoff game. Yeah. Or, but either way, it is what it is. It's, it's one of my. It's one of my personal. I never did win a. I was unfortunate never won a Calder Cup. But one of my personal things with that and the the scoring title I won, and then the. That year is when I had tied Denny Hamel for the most goals. We both had 56 that year. Wow. Yeah. That's it was, uh, it was a ride. That's, that's pro hockey. That's, a, that's, a, it's, that's unbelievable. That's a, it's just, I don't know. You, you know, the, the flight, yeah, I got to fly to Manitoba, and then you get there, you're a little hungover, you get a little? hat trick. Like, little? Yeah, well, little? I don't want to say a lot. It was, yeah, <laughs> it's but 20 you, years ago. I can you know, I, That's. <laughs> That's all. That's incredible. That's awesome. Oh yeah, my buddy Brian Collins is up there. I said we we, we every now and then we chit chat. That we we don't talk as free from use, but we every now and then we'll come up. And we just we just howl. About what a it. story. We just howl because he's just like I don't. know. He's like I could I couldn't move. And you're you're playing pro hockey and scoring a hat trick. And you probably couldn't explain it. Something probably just took over. Like your your uh, your like killer instincts. You know. It's just like something like just something just clicked. Yeah, like and it is. I don't know. Like it just it was. It, like there's been a few years in the, in my career where just things just you can't explain it. You're just in this right mental space, right physically, and it just shit just flows. And that was one of those years. Like literally, I could walk. I could literally skate down, take a snapper bar down. Well, like I remember taking a penalty shot. I I was terrible. I was terrible at deking. I was terrible, <laughs> but. Someone on my ass or in the slot, I could snap a bar down, no problem. Oh, yeah. So I would, when we went to the overtime situations where they do, sh- you know, three shooters, I'd always shoot just because I was usually the top scorer. But I was like one for 10. And I remember getting a penalty shot and I said, fuck it. And I walked across the blue line, took a snapshot, bar down, scored. I was like, I'm right, well, almost do my bread and butter. Across the blue line. <laughs> yeah, I literally stepped inside the blue line and said, I didn't care. So like I, just, I didn't care. No, blue I, line. No, not ringette line, blue line. You took a snapshot from the blue line yeah. on, a bra- on a shootout. Penalty shot. Penalty shot yeah. in school. school oh, down. my God. <laughs> well, I, was, I, I tried to deke, and I always, uh, I've even gone into penalty shot and toe-picked and fell into the goaltender. I was like, so I was like, you know what? Screw it. Don't score. Don't score. Whatever. And anyways, it worked out. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I love asking this question for guys in your position that have seen the both sides of the NHL and the AHL. Yeah. What's the biggest difference? When you see guys in the NHL like Sundin ripping around, and then you see guys in the A. What is it? Is it the confidence? Is it the demeanor? What is it? Well, I think when you talk about guys like Sundin, McKinnon, Crosby, those guys, they're, they're, that's there's 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 a there's a in my opinion, there are a group of guys that are just a cut above. There are a group of guys that are just a cut above. But then you got the middle guys that it's opportunity and timing, and someone needs to be in your corner. You need an opportunity. Um, you know, there's work ethic. I think a lot of it for the average, for the average. Now it's also different nowadays because of contracts, and it's way younger today than it was when I went through. Guys are getting paid young. They're getting paid young, yeah. and there's a big youth movement. Like I remember when, like you go back to the Leafs when I went there. I think the average age was 35. Like I remember Warren Wright. Probably. They, they all the guys they signed were were rolled. Like we had, well, that playoff run we had eight. American League guys in the lineup, and I don't. There's only two guys playing. Like they just Pat Quinn back then just wanted old, Shane Corson, Warren Reichel, Gary Roberts, you know guys like that. But now there's a much more geared towards youth, and I think I believe also nowadays too there's a big investment into the youth. They draft a guy, they're gonna spend every penny they can to to see where it goes. Look at Colorado. Yeah. Look at the young guys they had in that yeah. lineup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's. I think a lot of it is, you know, because you, you, everybody's working hard, everybody's skilled, everybody's this. It's time and someone's got to be in your corner for the average guy. That's a great answer. For, for the average guy, you know, the Crosbys, they're going to fucking make the key. They're going to make it no matter what. You know, the McKinnons and the Marshawns and those guys. But for the average guy, it's timing, right place, and a guy's got to be in your corner to give you that extra look. It's a great answer. I've heard the answer of 
There's guys that are there that are full-time NHLers and they deserve to be there and everything, but there's a huge difference between guys like you're saying, Crosby, but not Crosby, McKinnon, those guys aren't even human. Let's just pretend those guys aren't He, But I've heard answers of there's guys that are there in the NHL that are so much better than that average group that you're talking about that do end up playing 800 games in the Mm -hmm. NHL, but the guys that are there and make a difference... I've heard there's a huge, huge difference. Oh, you just yeah. don't notice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I've heard. Well, the before. work, the, like the work, like the. <clears throat> Sorry, the 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 work ethic for the top echelon, the dedicated guys. Yes. They're, they live and breathe it. Like a guy like Joe Thornton, for example. Like, there's a passion. The Eisermans, like when I grew up, like the Eisermans, the Coffees, the Gretzky. There is a next level passion. Next level, and. The extra stuff they do away from the rink gets them to that. They want to do it. They they they're working out all that time, thirteen months a year. They're doing all that stuff. They're gonna get there. But the average guy that goes through, I like a lot of it's timing. I really do. The average, like I'm talking, like a guy that's gonna play, you know, two to five hundred games. Not not the thousand gamer guy, hmm. but just get a career in there for a few years. It's it's a guy gets hurt, you get called up, boom, you pop in two goals, and all of a sudden, boom, that coach likes you. And then, you know, I'm going to give this guy an opportunity for six months, and then you run with it. Now, once you get that opportunity, you got to run with it still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hard know. to disagree with you. That that's absolutely it. I I so when I went through it, 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 I I couldn't get shittier luck than I could have because I won the scoring race with St. John's, and then I have a training injury, and I got hurt my neck, and I missed the full season. You see, you got a skate. No, I was doing, uh, doing, I was training, doing chin ups, and I herniated a disc in my neck. So I won the scoring race, signed with Columbus. <clears throat> Thought I was hopefully going to make that jump, and then, uh, well, missed the whole entire season. So then it took me another year to get back, and then I started to get back into it, and then the lockout happens. And it's like 2005, and 2006. Now you're 28, 29, and now you're. What are the, what's the what's what's the uh, common thing we sit in prospects, uh, prospects suspects reject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're a prospect for a bit, then you're suspect, then you're a reject once you get to a certain point. Yeah. And then that's that's then once you're not wanted in the American League, you got to go somewhere else. Then they flip flip over to Europe. Did you find it fun playing in St. John's? I loved it. Yeah. I loved Wasn't it. a distraction? I ended up. Uh, so I go over, like going back to it. So I play for Al McCann plus a friend of mine, Terry Ryan. He and I play with him my first year pro. Him and I actually have the same birth date, same year, January 14th, 1977. Did you ever get to go to his house? Oh, God, yes. The, that famous basement? Oh, geez, I've talked to Cena. I've been down there having beers with him. I have room. I wrote, like, so growing up, minor sports, we'd play against each other in Atlantics or, or in different tournaments. Knew him, but didn't. And then our first year pro, he's drafted by Montreal and by LA. We share. So Michel Terran is our coach in, in Ferton. We yeah. played at uh, Freddie Beach. So I played the half first half year in LA, and then I got sent down there. So he's there. So we play there together. And then three years later, he's playing for St. John's. That's when I get traded to St. John's. How does a guy like Terry Ryan play pro hockey in Newfoundland? Like how? He, he had a mix of scoring, and he could – he could he could put it back in shelf and he could punch you out. Like I think his first year in the American League, and he had twenty goals, two hundred pims. Wow! But he was the size he is today. He was that he was that in Pee Wee when he was thirteen. Like I remember playing against him in the Atlantics in New. It would have been New Brunswick, and he'd walk across the red line, and bar down. Like it was just un, he was men amongst boys back then. Wow! And then he went out west, and he obviously scored fifty goals like two years in a row in junior, and he could fight, and he was a good player. He was. I believe it. And they're a great human being, too. He's like, oh. we, had, we had a lot of good times together. Yep. He uh, he came on this podcast, and it was one of the best podcasts we've ever had, because I didn't yeah. say a word. Yeah. I sat there and listened. Oh, like, It was man, unbelievable. He, he's got the, just like his dad, he's got the gift of gab. <laughs> you know, he get in the stories, I couldn't be, like, the, the oh, my. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine <laughs> the stories. And what's, what's like, the things he's doing now since, since he, he stopped playing hockey, like, acting and this and that and he's on the show shores like it's just crazy what he's, he's yeah he's killing it yeah he is he's ta- he's taking his uh his god-given gift that isn't hockey his personality and he's just running with it he is oh no it's he's he, he like there's like there's guys that need a few beers to get relaxed and comfortable he just he's just the same way he just how he is yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah but i've been downstairs with senior 
Yeah. I've heard his, but he loves his Beatles, and he tells he can tell the stories, and it's it's good times. The video that Spit and Chicklets did when Biz uh, when Biz went down there are just unbelievable. Yeah, it looked like a great time. Yeah, uh, you know it. it, it you ever get a chance? A great experience. The old man, he's fun, he's funny. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Do you find? Did you think it was an advantage playing in Newfoundland? Because when other teams came from away, they obviously want to hit George Street, and they I don't know, a little banged up. Did you like? It's almost like Vegas now. It's hard, you know. It was, <laughs> Newfoundland and Vegas hard to compare. But. It, it, it was not. Well, it, I, 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 I don't know. If, I don't know if I compare, it, but I get what you're saying, though. I, uh, I loved it. I love it. Really, it just, it was for me. It was what I needed at that time. It in was what? A, in what sense? It, mentally, is what I needed. Al McAdam. Uh, it was a, a, a mini version of Halifax, down homish. I could just mentally decompress. It was out of the way a little bit. And I and it was a bit of soul searching too, and what I wanted to do because that year earlier on, Bruce Boudreau was the head coach, and <clears throat> excuse me, in Lowell. Oh yeah, Bruce Boudreau. And uh, that was my third year of my third year, my third year of my first three year deal, and I blew my knee out, and I was out for like 12, 12 weeks, eleven weeks. I earned, I think it was, I got back. I would have been home for Christmas because I was still injured, so early January would have been back playing. And I was on the verge of just quitting, just packing it in, just hating life, and just really wasn't finding the success I wanted. Even my parents were trying to help me out mentally, give these books and talk to me and this and that. And I actually was the first time where I was like, you know what, I got to figure this shit out my own, like really. So I uh, went to Bruce once I got healthy and got back, and uh, went to with the coach Bruce Boudreau, and I said, listen, I said this is the end of my contract. I said, give me ten games. That's all I'm asking. Give me ten games. Play me. And at the end of those 10 games, I assess how I did. And if I played like shit, I'll sit. I won't say a word. But just give me 10 games, please. You went to him like a man. Yep. No, I finally I said, uh, I hummed and hawed and trying to figure out what I was going to do and this and that. And finally, I just, you know, like everybody has those moments in life where it's in your face and you're just like, you know, what's what's the future? And sometimes you got to take the bull by the horn. So I just, I went to him. I in meeting in his office and I just said, listen, this is the situation. I said, give me 10 games, and sure enough. So after those 10 games, it was top score, top plus minus, everything like that. Game 11 was healthy scratch. <laughs> and, then I, and then I was, was traded. <laughs> kind of went the other way on me. But in the end, it was the best thing, but kind of went the other way on me. He did, he did, he did hold, he did hold, he gave me the 10 games. I'll give him that. He gave me the 10 games, but game 11 was healthy. <laughs> game 11, I was healthy. Yeah. Wow. Then another funny story. I remember getting one punch, and I wasn't a fighter. He was coaching. And uh, what was the guy's name? Tough defenseman for the Oilers, but he's in the American League. I want to say Ferg. I can't remember. Anyway, he was a lefty. And it was one of those games I was getting. I was playing bad. It was just frustrating. So I, I had no business pushing this guy. And I don't do the work. Like like fighters back then would look at every the roster and say, he's a righty, he's a lefty, he's this, he does that, and this. I'm not a fighter. Jesus. Anyway, so you got, got good length though. It seems like you got. A I big do, wing, but wing I was. Span. I do. I like that's the funny part was back then I was missing a tooth and I was big and I was always had a scruff on. You look thinner now compared oh. to your photos. Oh, you totally. Want... I I don't I don't hit the gym as much as I used to. Like back, because I was on some medication for health purposes where I was probably two fifteen. Oh yeah. Yeah, two fifteen. Uh, I wouldn't say two twenty, but around that mark. Yeah. I can't say hit the gym like I used to. I'm kind of sure. hitting in the fatherhood and yeah. other crap. Stretchy pants stuff. now. Yeah. Not there yet, but no. yeah, I'm on the launching pad. <laughs> They're the great. I wear them. They're great. <laughs> but anyways, I remember one game. We were playing in Cincinnati, and I grabbed him. And he just, I wasn't even thinking, came with a lefty, came right, he one-punched me. I went down. And the ref only gave me two minutes. And then Bruce, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce, is, yelling, Bruce is yelling from the bench. He's like, give him five for taking a punch like that. <laughs> I only gave me two minutes. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. You only gave me two minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to the bench. You know, you know the refs got you. The refs going. Everybody's going to the box the bench right there. And Bruce is just like, give him five for taking the bunch like that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, yeah. so gr- they, I guess, you know, grinded through this life of pro hockey. Some of these stories you have, and you, you want to pass these uh, these lessons on to, to your young ones. You have a son that plays hockey. You, you must feel like you have a, a life full of lessons to, to be able to pass on, a, a hockey life full of lessons. I do, I do, and and, and uh, I, I probably, I can be a little intense at times with the times, because he's a good little player, so yeah. I, but yeah, we have, we've had uh, conversations at the house and the drive and the rank, and there's just, 
talk about the whole process on the ice, the mental side, yeah. you know, what you have to do if you want to be those guys. And he's, he's 13. We'll see if he listens. Yeah. We'll see if he listens. If yeah. he, uh, you know, as time goes if by. If he cares, he listens. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been able to coach him for one year and then it's been a, it's been a battle in minor hockey to be able to get back behind the bench and work with the kids. But it is what it is. And I try to get on nice privately with him and other guys to kind of help pass on or teach certain things in the offensive zone because that was really my bread and butter mm -hmm. so it's uh i think he listens i think he listens it's just it'll take a little time for him to kind of really get in his own when, when you talk about those guys who are just absolutely obsessed and they just put every ounce of work in they dedicated it's tough to translate that yeah i don't even know if you could teach that well just whether or not you want to do it it's it's see it's uh, i mean it's it's hard for me just because <clears throat> I'm going back. I'm 45, so I would be back 30, a little over 30 years ago. And like I said in the beginning, it's like hockey season was hockey season. There's no spring hockey, very little summer hockey. Training wasn't as big back then as it was. And Jesus, jumping. The kids nowadays are training at 10 years old and on the ice 14 months a year. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. It is bonkers. Like it's, 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 in my mind, it's wrong, but it is what it is. Like kids are just they're 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 forced to they're forced to uh now there's nothing wrong with a kid who just wants to play hockey, but play ball, play soccer, play golf, do some things. You shouldn't be forced to specialize at such a young age, but unfortunately that's the society we're in nowadays. Yeah, I don't agree with it either. I, I don't. I re I wish I oh. wish You gotta answer it. Oh, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, hello. <laughs> I'm kind of busy right now. Two uh, phones. So, Look at this guy. Yeah, Businessman over I'll here. <laughs> the good phone, the bad phone. <laughs> but uh, it, I, it would never happen. But I, I would love to see the government step in and mandate shoulder seasons like back in the day. So you could actually have athletes. Mm. Like a guy can play ball, hockey, and football or lacrosse. Something like that. But I became a better hockey player because I played lacrosse in the summer. I missed. I couldn't wait for hockey in September because I was playing lacrosse all summer. See what I what I and I think it's great. I like actually. I had, I had my son in uh, lacrosse for a little bit uh, a couple of years ago, and I was trying to talk to the guys. Like their season is right at spring hockey season now, which really a lot of parents nowadays take spring hockey more serious and regular than winter hockey. Oh yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Spring hockey's nuts. You spend the same amount or more in two months than you do in eight months. It's crazy. It's, it is, hockey's, it's, it's an eye-opener. Yeah. But I was, it would, ideally, they push it to a little further, because I think, I think lacrosse would be a tremendous complement to a hockey player. It is. Yeah. Cardio. Yes. Oh, like, talk about cardio. Oh, like, like, unbelievable. Like, when my son would come off, like, he'd be leaking like a tap. Mm. Versus hockey, yeah, you get a little brow sweat, but lacrosse was mm. physical, competitive, and you were fatigued. Yeah. And it tests your mental strength getting slashed on the shoulder by four guys while you have to put a ball in the net it can and then you go to hockey camp in september and a guy's hitting you you're like hey what the fuck was that yeah. it's it, it toughens you up and cardio i remember going into camp and you know we're doing the the beep test and i'm laughing all right yeah. let's do it yeah. it's nothing i don't know i i, I really enjoy the yeah. sport it yeah. translated I, well i never i didn't i never played but it i could i can definitely see how have you been to uh, a thunderbirds game I way back when I was a uh, black ace when they had the uh, Toronto Rock I, when they played in the old garden. Oh, the NLL, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I went to yeah. a few games and it was sold out and it was nuts. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah, yeah pretty intense. Yeah. Well, we got to get you back on here. I got to run. You got to run. We're at an hour. Well, how much know. time are we at? Fifty-nine minutes. Fifty-nine. Oh, gee, that's pretty guess. You've, you've done this before, haven't you? Jeez. Who's calling you? Oh, <laughs> let's can we can we get one more story from you and then a little bit of advice for that kid that wants to play pro hockey and then we'll wrap it up i can throw you some key words to make you bring back a story i'm oh. trying to think of a story that's detroit gretzky's all gretzky's always a go-to we got sundin we got newfoundland we got uh croatia we got Oh God! I'm trying to think because I've, I've got some stories, but I'm just trying to think of a good. I got the good... draft, the draft, Mem Cup, Hull. Like going to Quebec. Well, okay. Well, we'll go to the theme. We'll go to the theme with the with Mem Cup. Okay. We'll go with the theme with. I the like Mem that. Cup. I like that. Just because we, it, it, Saint John just won last night. 
So it's uh, it was actually more the celebration afterwards because you you have this build up, and I remember Claude Julien was the head coach at the time, and uh, before the game, we had us in tears. Like it was, the, I, I can't remember exactly what the speech was, but he had uh, Tina Turner, simply the best, was playing. Yes, yeah, the best. and we 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 actually were in the dressing room, and uh, we put our jerseys on one at a time, like one player, one player, one player, one because it was it was the last time we'll put these jerseys on, and like the whole dressing room is in tears before a, the game. Before the game. You know, like you not know. not like tears like you know good yeah, tears but it was just emotional yeah. just and we go out there and we just eat nails and we 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 win five two and then at the end of the game after the cell you know obviously you go bonkers and this and that and I remember just being just at the end of it it end up being Claude and I having a beer at the end of it and just just reminiscing it was pretty it was pretty cool really yeah yeah it was pretty I love cool. those moments yeah That's it great. was it was like everybody was gone it was just him and I left in the dressing room and just just chilling for a little bit and I don't remember exactly what we talked about but I just remember it was him and I at the end it was pretty cool wow yeah I wonder if you went to him now if you'd remember that he's got a lot of fond memories I'm sure he's, he's coached a long yeah. time in the NHL you're fighting back tears though and you're uh, back then I don't yeah. know I, I think he would I think he'd remember it yeah, it That's is. That's a very unique thing. It is cool. Like, and then he was, you know, it was a big privilege. Like, he obviously now, what he's done in the NHL and stuff like that, he, and he honored me with being, being the assistant captain of the team that year. So it was pretty good. He was, he was a really good coach. He really was. That's awesome. Yeah, he really was. Advice for that kid that wants to play pro hockey? Have a goal of where you want to be or where you want to get to and just keep moving forward and do what you have to do. But you've got to. You're going to go through some shit. You're going to have some... What I've learned going through it, you have to have the bad days to appreciate the good days. And those through those bad days is when you learn, but you keep moving forward and you need to have that goal. I want to I want to be this. This is where I want to get to. And even the days when you don't want to do it, the days you don't feel like doing it, and the days when you think it's crap, you still got to do it and being consistent and work hard. Work ethic. I think when you dumb it all down, work ethic, whether it's hockey, life, business... That is, I think that's the key. That's the key. And just know what you want and, 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 and just go for it. That'd be my, my, I could give a whole bunch of other thoughts on this and that, but I'd say if I had to pick one thing, it's just, just yeah. know where you want to be and just go. Because I, I just know my own personal life when it, in different seasons and different things is there's times where I've set in my head, I've set a goal. This is what I want. And it's amazing what you can accomplish when you're like, okay. Like you hear these these uh, TED Talks and these different emotional, uh, uh, motivational talks. It is, it is when you can say, this is where I want to be, and you commit to that, it's impressive. You can move mountains when you actually commit to it and, and just forget about the noise and just, you know, the eating, the sleeping, the training, all this. Yeah. It's It's... Being consistent and being a hard worker will get you a long way. I think you just won the hearts of a lot of our listeners here, Donald. I, 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 I really do. I I, this has been a great episode. I appreciate Fantastic that. episode to go into Canada Day weekend. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm glad. I, I thank you for calling. It's been, this has been fun. No, I enjoy the shit. This it, is we, fun. We, we have to do this again uh, again soon. I feel bad that i got to cut you off because I could sit here for another hour. For sure. Like, I'm, sure, uh, I'm, sure I, the, I'm sure of the cup more of these uh, yeah, tollers. Well, I'm sure yeah. some stories could come out. No, don't say we don't. They don't sponsor us. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, it's oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. we're drinking uh, homemade beer. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I do really want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate it, and I'm not lying. I, we we got to get you back uh, before the summer's over because and we can definitely get some more stories out. Anytime. Of I'm only about 10, 15 minute drive away. So anytime. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for listening. Once again, it's uh, Canada Day weekend. Have fun. I, don't, I always say work hard, but this weekend, you know what? Don't work hard. Have a beer. Put your feet up. Actually, you know what? Donald's sitting across from me. You got to work hard. You got to work hard. No, if you but, got, but no, if you have a goal, work for it. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with you, yes. But yet, you do, like you just said, you do at times. You've got to recharge batteries, gear down, and put your feet up. And this is the perfect weekend. Nice weather, Canada Day. Okay. Have a cold pop if you're 19 years or older. <laughs> Forget the work hard. Put your feet up. Jump in a lake. Have fun. Do whatever you want. It's Canada Day. Exactly. Greatest country in the world. Perfect. God love each and every one of you. Yeah. We're out. Thank you. That was awesome. One, two, one, two.
Trans-Canada cross, patriotic in a honor with my hand on my heart. From the greatest of lakes, to the greenest of greens, to the rockiest mountains and everything in between. Oh, Canada, oh, you're no fan of us, cause a movie and TV shows are so amateur. Yeah, we laugh it off, that don't really bother me. Look, we ain't serious unless we really gotta be. Humorous attitude, like kids in a hall. The Jim Carrey, Mike Myers, how we claiming them all. It's the great white north, home of the funniest actors. A front of the joke with an abundance of laughter. The red and white flag, keep it high. Keep it visual, people say Canada gets stereotypical Think we finish every sentence with buddy or bye And if it ain't that, it's either dude A or guy Yeah, we consider it people And smoke a marijuana, we consider it legal Still doing rap like the 1990s But that's how we like it, off-time and grimy yeah. I know where I'm from and I told you before North of America, hard to ignore Every time I go away, I tell them for sure I'm from Canada, oh, 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 Canada Makes a sick beat, we call it a classic. Last makes a sick beat, we call it a classic. Last makes a sick beat, we call it a classic. I've been around the globe and heard the confusion. Honestly, a lot of y'all are ignorant and stupid. Yes, we have microwaves, TVs, and cell phones. Unintelligent, we invented the telephone. We made Yahtzee, the light ball, hockey, and bred the greatest players, Gresky to Crosby. We all got at least one drinking buddy. And after one drink, all of us think we're funny. A national mascot's a damn beaver. Oh, Canada, we love our beaver. Home of Hells Angels and RCMP. Home of Gordon Lightfoot and SCTV. The Underground Railroad. George St. Pierre right here is where we call home. A healthcare system, y'all know it's free. Keep a girl banging with a full mouth of teeth. I won't even get into the music industry. They say hip-hop is dead. Nah, it's up north with me. I can do this all day. It's a part of my routine. But supper's almost done. And tonight, I know where I'm from and I told you before. Of America, hard to ignore. Every time I go away, I tell them for sure. I'm from Canada. Oh, 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 Canada. I'm from the East Coast of Canada. Oh, 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 oh Canada. I'm from the East, East, East Coast. <laughs> 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 I'm from Canada. So sometimes words come over my mouth like this. Get used to it.